Today's episode is sponsored by Alliance Leisure, the UK's leading leisure development specialist. Over the last 30 years, Alliance has worked with numerous local authorities to design and develop community sustainable leisure environments that encourage active lives, promote community cohesion, and tackle health inequalities. With a diverse portfolio of more than 220 leisure developments ranging from single site projects to multi-million pound complete leisure portfolio transformations, Alliance Leisure Services can be procured through the UK Leisure Framework. The framework is open to all public sector organisations in the UK. For more information, visit allianceleisure.co.uk. Hello and welcome back to The Truth About Local Government a podcast aimed at providing the public with an insight into the opportunities that exist within local government, but also the challenges that are being tackled on a daily basis. Today, we're really excited to have the Deputy Chief Executive of Luton Borough Council, Mark Fowler, on to speak with us about his journey and some of the challenges that he's overcoming with his amazing team at Luton Borough Council. Mark, thank you so much for coming on. How are you? I'm I'm really well, Matt, and, and thank you for having me on. No, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And, I, and I'm really looking forward to this. So off air, we've been talking about your journey. And obviously, one of the things that we're really passionate about here is promoting the career opportunities that uh, exist within local government. Obviously, you're very senior now, uh, Deputy Chief Executive, Corporate Director of Population and Wellbeing. But could you give the listeners at home a bit of a, a background story to how did you get here? Well, I, I my my I'll give you a potted version of my career in local government. I started in 1991, um, and your viewers won't be able to tell that I obviously look old enough to, to hold that role as well. Um, but uh, I started as a community charge officer. God, remember that poll tax back in the day? And uh, I was just looking for a job for six months, really, uh, to, to get some money behind me and where it was. And I found myself working in local government, and now this is 31 years, nearly 32 years later, I've been fortunate enough to work in local government. So started in community charge, went through benefit services into different councils, um, started at Epsom New Borough Council, moved to Croydon, from Croydon went to Barking and Dagenham and now arrived at Luton, just coming up to two years of being in Luton as well. And what, what I found through local government is the opportunity to, to grow, develop, deal with some very complicated, varied things, uh, look at systems in a very different way. The, the one thing I think you're very fortunate about working in local government is the variety. If you're willing to take a chance and engage with different people, it gives you the opportunity to think about local residents, local places, and the impact you can have to make that better and, and actually sort of your opportunity to grow and develop while supporting others and I've been very fortunate in my career to, to work with some wonderful people and see them develop as well. So it's a chance where you can definitely put back, you can learn and, and you can really influence things as well. So I've been very fortunate from that perspective and from Epsom and York to Luton, I've had some very interesting roles. And more recently, certainly my last three authorities has been focused on system thinking and well-being and from welfare reforms and reaching out and making sure people are getting the most income and maximising their benefits, but also aspiration into work, moving into work and apprenticeships and supporting each other and reducing isolation and keeping families together. Because my personal belief is as working in a local authority and part of the system, if we can help people earlier and work with people to provide support 
The great news is that they're happier, they're better, families stay together, and actually takes pressure out of our acute services as well. So at the heart of that is very much well-being. But um, yeah, so that's a bit of a charted where we are and certainly a, a bit of a, an inroad into sort of some of the passions I've got as well. And obviously, you know, you've gone from a district, then into London boroughs and now into a into a unitary. I mean, what would you say to somebody listening who's just starting out in local government? I mean, what's been your your tricks to success? Because it has been a fair lot. Obviously, you're very good at what you do, but, you know, you've a meteoric rise to a very senior position. How have you done that? I've um, always been interested. I've, I've worked with some very good people and I've been keen to understand where they're coming from, understand what they're looking to achieve. Uh, I've always taken myself out of my comfort zone um, from a very early age, early 20s. I went from working as a client officer to helping services come back in-house and, and that was multifaceted at the time of large complicated services were coming back. But that organisation gave me that opportunity because I put my head above the parapet and I was willing to take a chance. But I made sure I had enough support and good people around me to make that work. From taking those chances and learning more, um, I grew in confidence and I started to understand the broader aspects of what happens in the local local authority environment. And I think I had ability in how I can bring different things together and actually work with people. I love people. Um, and one of the things that's one of my core values really is seeing people develop and get better. And I think the local authority gives you a real opportunity to do that and to do that at scale. So from contracting to bringing services back in-house to becoming a head of service senior leader, you then have the opportunity, even from a political environment, to actually work with some very interesting people that have really passion, or are very passionate, I should say, about local people and local outcomes. So if you stay interested, stay hungry and take a risk and take yourself outside of your comfort zone, you can achieve, you know, you can become a chief executive. That's your aspiration without a shadow of So now let's just understand what you do now then, because it'd be useful to understand for those at home, what does a... Deputy Chief Executive in charge of the, as a corporate director of population wellbeing for, for Luton Book Council. What do you do? What are you looking after there? Well, let, let me explain. So population wellbeing. So was, I think you have had our Chief Executive on the, the podcast before. And actually 2040 is our vision at Luton. And that's eradicating poverty for everybody in the borough, which is a massive, massive agenda. And within that, what we recognise that there's different constructs to making sure that comes to life. So inclusive economy, fairness, population and wellbeing, and actually the delivery of core services and net zero. And those are our five main priorities in, in that aspect. And population and wellbeing, if you're talking about eradicating poverty, is very much about stability, housing, support, care, welfare all coming together in a way that's meaningful to help residents to help themselves that was a strap line that we have for Barking and Dagman actually but what you have in population and well-being or I have in population well-being or loose as in population and well-being is adult social care our housing offer our public health team that are amazing all of the teams are amazing and I also have responsibility for customer organizational development transformation, commercial and digital, and it's, it's a very broad brief. But what you can see at the heart of what we do and what we set up is people. 
and actually working with people and working with people across systems. So in some authorities, even today, it's quite sad. And, and you know, in pockets we still have it in Luton, is we've got a number of silos built up. And what we're trying to do from a population well-being perspective is break those silos down, work with people earlier in the system, and actually make sure we're supporting residents in a way that they can, we can all work towards 2040, and give people the best, most equal opportunities to live and work and operate in our borough. After 31 years, what motivates you to, to do the best that you can? Um, I still, you know, what, what I've, you know, austerity has been terrible, dreadful on so many different levels. And, you know, you think you've turned the corner with some of these things and then you're coming off the back of the pandemic, um, the global economic position, the, you know, the increasing demand, the complexity in local government and the reducing in, in grant envelopes. And so it's a very challenging brief. But what I remain motivated about is difference we can all make collectively how we can change the tides in how we operate how we think about how we work with partners how we think about working with residents and every time i've seen adversity in local government we've you know we've risen to the challenge and again i feel like we're coming through another iteration of what that looks like you think about the work through the pandemic how we, we broke yeah, broke down bureaucracy we work with our VCS, we work with our residents differently. We really rose to the crisis that was afforded. And actually, sort of, we're just going through another iteration of that now. And, and the reason I remain motivated and incredibly passionate about local government is because when we come together, it's really special in the difference we can make. And actually, whilst austerity has been incredibly difficult and you know, the latest iterations of where we are are, are even more testing, I think through that those difficulties, we have to really push ourselves in doing better, doing more, working differently. There's something for me about local government is about how we communicate with our communities, how we, you know, this isn't about paternal societal responses anymore. It's not about systems that go yes, no. These are about options and engagement and working with people and how they can best structure and move on and support each other. And, and their families to, to make a real difference in the longer term. And I think that's what's exciting about local government and even under the difficult climate that we have at the moment. I mean, there's no getting away at the moment that there is such a stress on local government from a finance perspective. Um, I constantly, it's, it's a theme that happens in every conversation. We've seen Section 114 becoming increasingly common. How hard is it to deliver the service level that you and your colleagues want to deliver in the face of the current financial challenges that councils are experiencing? It, it, it is, it's ridiculously difficult if you looked at it from a sheer monetary perspective. Our, our grant over a 10-year period has gone somewhere from 122 million government grant to 12 million. And you know what we need to do is be creative by way of generating income, dealing with adversity. Uh, you know, we, whilst we've got less grant and less support and pockets of funding that arrive, but nowhere near the comparable of what we've lost, um, you're actually finding that people in local areas and certainly more deprived areas, Matt, are, are finding it harder as people that are falling between the cracks and where it is. So you've got more people approaching your core statutory services and councils more generally for help. And so you've got less money 
increased demand and increased complexity. So that that's a hell of a question and, and quandary to resolve. And as I come back to you, my motivation is, you know, the more difficult it gets, the the more creative and the better solutions I see in the broader thinking. So yes, on one hand, it could even feel insurmountable. You know, as you quite rightly say, one one fours are happening in a number of different authorities for a variety of different reasons, and not for me to comment on uh, a number of those on the podcast today. But in the, in the more deprived areas, actually, it is even more challenging. Um, but what I am finding and seeing is more and more people rising to that occasion as well. But um, the positive from that is actually really developing deep-rooted partnerships. But at the heart of that is absolutely your resident and how you want to operate. And like I said, I come back to that point I made earlier about moving away from paternalism. This is about the choice and options and treating people like they're grown-ups. And actually really changing the dynamic of how that relationship feels. I think in some parts of the country, and even probably you know, certainly going back 10 years ago, um, local residents would go to a council to say, what can I get? What should I receive? You know, what are you doing? And I, I think what's better by what, the way we're trying to operate nowadays is this is about collective responsibility. Yes, the local authority will convene and, and deliver a number of key services and levels of support, but to be included in the discussion, co-production about how things can be different and better and genuinely doing that well feels like the next pivot and where with the, the, you know, the successful development of local government. In terms of what would make, you know, obviously, you know, is there... Uh, we've got a new potentially a new central government coming in in a, in a you know it's obviously not a political podcast but you know would you like to see significant changes you know to the financial aspect and is there anything else that you need think needs changing uh from that kind of central way in which the local governments are allowed to to run yes no, definitely i i, I think you there's a number of opportunities. I think we do need to revisit grant formula to provide equity and consider poverty and deprivation because that feels like that's completely absent as it stands at the moment. I think there's something very much around um, business rates and opportunities to grow locally and how that money is shared and funded and supported, I think is helps. You know, that needs to be more progressive by way of what we're doing. And that's been muted for a period of time, but actually let's really do that. I think there is something around where we should be braver by way of outcomes funding for prevention and support which is again something we shy away from so you know let's shine a light on that and let's have some genuine commitments to encouraging local authorities to work together by way of collaboration in regions i mean we, we we've had leps in the past and we've got there are opportunities there but it's not as clear as it needs to be or as helpful so I think there's some, some definite opportunities we can tap into there and equally with our health partners as well that, you know, they're still seen as very separate systems. How can we do better, do more in that space that would actually affect and improve better outcomes for local people? It's an interesting one, isn't it, in terms of I was talking to uh, Tom, the chief executive of Leader to Council, and he was talking about one of the key things that he's really passionate about is there being a very clear responsibility set between the NHS, local government, central government, charity sector and also that kind of plays into the partnership doesn't it because you know it's about having very clear understanding as to who's looking after what and that there's appropriate funding for the responsibility that you look after um yeah. absolutely i mean with regards to at luton obviously you know you guys are doing some amazing things anything that you're particularly proud of that in your directorates you guys are delivering on at the moment 
Yeah, there's, there's, there's a number of things actually I can talk about. We're, we're developing um, in the very position of starting something called community networks. And this isn't sort of boring place-based provision of sweating your assets and how we've done it before. This is about trying to help different partners, communities and the council come together by way of support of maximising services and the use of assets. But communities driving that and having a genuine voice in what that means and how that looks and feels. So privy to information, understanding of the local challenges, education, employment, safety, and actually working as a system and feeling part of that. And that can then link into our commissioning arrangements, that can link into to outcomes, that can definitely support and finance our work with the third sector, which is incredibly buoyant in Luton. You know, we from the airport directly into the third sector not having any involvement with the local authority but obviously the local authority owned the airport but the you know 10 million pounds goes into the sector and that's a huge chunk of change that's really supportive and could we do more in how we coordinate and convene and operate as a system yes we can and we could do that by community networks potentially that's a great opportunity for us so that's definitely one example Two is um, the, the team here have stood up something called the Fairness Task Force, and this is engaging with up to 75 local organisations in light of the pandemic to shine a light on the structural inequalities that we have in our borough. And we're not alone, but we're, we're certainly super diverse and have more challenges than most. But what that did was actually all of those different groups coming together. And again, the council, just by way of convention, was helping organise, but we all collectively have responsibility in how we break down structural inequality, people's opportunity to receive the right level of healthcare, support, screening, um, employment, volunteering, apprenticeships, you know, the housing options. There is a disparity in our society that we've got to be very honest about and look to redress. And through the Fairness Task Force, I think we have an amazing platform that's genuinely facilitating how we're going to look to move that forward. Um, so, you know, that, that, those are just a couple of things that we've got going on at the moment. I mean, the, the more recent one for us is that whilst we've got our ambition and our vision of what we're working towards, we've got a corporate transformation programme where we're looking to sort of like key aspects of our budget, our demand, our pressures, building our base budget up to sort of five or six key headings. And as an organisation and a system, seeing how we can look and operate differently to redress or redress those challenges, thinking about our commissioning model, thinking about our, our assets by way of place, thinking about what we're doing on the commercial footprint, because we've got a very, very strong record in doing that. So the learning that we've got from the airport, we've got Foxhall Homes, which is our arm's length company, with regards to building. We, we've also got a partnership uh, with commercial services group called Connect to Luton, where where we recruit and we do our own level of um, temporary recruitment and even permanent recruitment and we're going beyond that. So we've got some really good opportunities for framing that in our 2040 vision, our aspirations with our transformation programme, I think is going to set Luton, you know, be a bit of a trailblazer again with regards to where we go. Well, you guys have got some fantastic leaders yourself and, and, and Robin. I mean, in terms of the, the, obviously everybody is, you know, transforming, in local government at the moment there's a huge focus on efficiency to ensure that you are getting the most out of functions is there a point do you think whereby we can only become so efficient do you, you know in terms of the austerity and running leaner teams does there come a point where you go we well we're, this is as good as, it, as good as it gets and you know without more funding we won't be able to deliver 
more? Yeah, I, look, I, yeah, I think it's everyone's. It, it varies a lot, and we have to be frank about that. From you know some of the the greener, leafier areas of the country to sort of the more built uplands, densely populated, there, there's different needs and different pressures and different problems and opportunities that follow from that. So there, there's a spectrum in there. But I, I think in in the more complex, densely populated areas, and you're probably right. We are. You know, unless we start to address sort of some of the funding arrangements with regards to adult social care and children's and start to balance that in a more equitable way, it, you know, more and more money gets consumed into those demand services. 65 to 70% of the, the budgets in, in those more densely populated, complicated areas goes on housing, adults and children. So we know that that's, that's a national trend. So that will get to a tipping point probably, you know, we're, on, we're there now. And we're having to be more and more creative in what we're doing. We have to do that with extremely good governance. I really welcome um, Offlog and, you know, the principles of it and open engagement in that space because, again, working with, you know, the, the LGA and others, I think local government has got to make a clearer argument for what better funding arrangements are, but also be held account to what we're going to deliver in support as a result of that. I don't think it's just about more money. I think we have to clearly say um, we're going to do X, Y and Z with this over that period of time. I'd love to see local government improve with its data and insight and whole system thinking, because I think that's an opportunity for us that we haven't completely tapped into yet. So predictive analytics, where do we think risks are going to arise from where our problem, more, more, more difficult areas, is that will then shine what those outcomes are and what those interventions can be and how we can approach the system. There is, there is, again, absolutely, there is room to, you know, the use of AI. And I had Peter Holt on, who's the chief executive of us, and he was talking about the National Risk Register and is trying to prepare for every eventuality. But there is so much, you know, there's always you know, efficiencies that can be driven through the utilisation of technology. and and, you know, I think that's the thing as well, isn't it? If you are going to ask for more power for further devolution, it is standing there and being able to wash your face in, you know, and be held accountable for the delivery of services and providing that best value for money. Because the thing is, it's like, you know, at the moment, it's all the same taxpayers' money. It's just under different parts of, you know, the, you know, whether it be NHS or central government or local government. So if you are going to say, right, we're going to, you know, take a, not, not, a, not already a leading role, but standing in and saying, you know, we're going to make sure that we are the ones that deliver X, Y, and Z. We're going to say we're going to do it and you're going to give us the money for it and we're going to be as efficient as possible. It is making sure that you can stand up and, you know, there is a responsibility and an accountability to that, you know, to that position. I, I completely agree. And, and I think that's the kind of more mature, progressive conversation that we need to be having. What's, what's sometimes challenging in you know, different areas and different regions in particular is what's defined as a good outcome and you know is there an opportunity to pause and think about how we use the principles of offlog in a way that we become outcome focused it doesn't become like the old audit commission where it feels like you're, you're going through pages and pages of things to justify what you're doing this is a more interactive engaged way of operating that genuinely tests and assists and helps and improves Local, or local government operate more collectively together and I'd, you know, I'd welcome that if the opportunity arises, which I hope it does, which I, you know, some of the people I've spoken to and, and, and you can see how it's being developed. So I'm hopeful, but we've, we've got to commit to that in a non-judgmental kind of way because it's a very different way of operating than we do at the moment. It is hard, isn't it? Because I hate to get to that stage where it's like pantomime, like local good, central bad. 
but there is sometimes yeah. a skepticism you know with offlog being created you just hope that it's a really non-bureaucratic supportive uh you know a focus where it is about generating the best outcomes by really challenging and, and really looking at how we can best utilize resource and work together collaboratively and, and that's what it's about it's not about paperwork or ticking boxes it's about saying right what's the problem how can we get around it how can we work together um because we are all in it together but um mark it's been really lovely talking to you today um it, it's it's fantastic i think an inspiration to to, to to people starting out their career people in the middle of their career to see someone to join for six months on a you know to do some work <laughs> find a job to, to to see them enjoy and flourish over a 32 year period it's 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 wonderful to see and again thank you for your service and thank you for your time thank you ever so much matt for having me on hands and yeah wonderful podcast generally and yeah just it, uh, wonderful to actually speak about the the strength of local government and the opportunity within it and the career it's difficult yes it is but wow it's rewarding when you get it right as well so no thank you for the opportunity to have a conversation today you've been listening to the truth about local government a podcast aimed at ensuring the public understand the opportunities that exist not just the challenges that exist for local government if you've enjoyed the podcast please give it a like give it a share give it a five-star review and i look forward to bringing further opportunities to you later in the week stay safe <laughs>